You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. As you heard, Yankees get two hits, both off the bat of Ben Rortfit as they go down meekly to the Washington Nationals. So the Yankees have now lost nine games in a row, and that is their longest losing streak since September 13th through September 21st in the year 1982. Now, as I said earlier, this team, even when their record was 10 games above 500, even when they were occupying for a brief period of time the third and final wild card spot in the American League or were just on the outside looking in a game back, a game and a half back, but certainly a team that based on the standings, you could consider a contender. They're one winning streak away, one hot week away from moving into playoff position. That's who the Yankees were really into the middle of July. And once they got out of the All-Star break and they came out of the All-Star break, they lost two out of three to the Rockies. They were swept by the Angels, and they never really recovered from that. In fact, since the beginning of July, the Yankees have still won one series, and it was a three-game sweep at home against the Kansas City Royals, who are the second-worst team in baseball. So that almost shouldn't even count. But when the Yankees were 10 games above 500 and were a quote-unquote disappointment, even if they didn't make the playoffs— When the Yankee fan who was already frustrated with how this team is constructed, and rightfully so, and how this team was managed and how this team was handled, the frustrations were already there. But the problem for the Yankee fan at that point was if this season ended, you know, 85 and 77, 86 and 76, even if it was not good enough to get into the playoffs, Brian Cashman was going to be back next year, continuing to steer the ship of this franchise. And at that point, Aaron Boone likely would have been back as well. I asked at the time, how bad does it have to get for actual change to be made? Because for somebody who has had a job, the same job for 25 years at a certain point, at a certain point, it gets gets stale. At a certain point, a change is needed, especially when... Over those last 25 years, the last five to 10 years, the level of success of the organization has slowly eroded over time to the point where this is where we are right now. The Yankees, five games below 500, looking up at everybody with a record of 60 and 65. And I asked, how bad does it have to get? In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, maybe 500, maybe six games out of the playoffs, maybe seven games out of the playoffs. In my, in, in my wildest dreams, in my wildest dreams, I didn't think it would get this bad. I didn't. And this is showing no signs of turning around. I mean, think about the last week and a half. By the way, Michael Kay gave a stat on the Yes broadcast tonight. It was amazing. Let me see. I wrote it down somewhere. The Yankees have lost nine games in a row, okay? The Yankees have not held a lead since a week ago Monday when they started their three-game series in Atlanta. Clark Schmidt was pitching. He didn't pitch well. This is a week ago Monday, so this is August 14th. Yankees led 2-1 to one in the second inning, and then Schmidt gave up three runs to the Braves. They took a 4-2 to two lead. That was the last time the Yankees had a lead in any game. Not one nothing, not 2-1, to one, nothing, nothing in nearly a week and a half. Not even a lead, let alone a win. I mean, this is 
bad beyond anybody's wildest imagination? Will it be bad enough for Hal Steinbrenner to really recognize that change has to be made? Now, a couple of seasons really come to mind for me where things got so bad that even when management didn't want to make a change, they almost had no choice. And and the first one goes back nearly a decade ago when after the Jets let Mike Tannenbaum go as their general manager, they hired John Idzik. And Idzik was, you know, more of a, a cap guy in Seattle. And he and Rex Ryan never meshed. The Jets were, I think, 20 to $22 million below the salary cap. Thought was that Idzik was actually sabotaged, sabotaging the team by not giving Rex Ryan enough talent because he wanted Rex to be fired and bring in his own head coach. And it got so bad so quickly, it had spiraled out of control that Idzik was gone after two years. And they brought in Mike McCagnan. And by the way, we're still waiting for things to get significantly better. We hope this is the season. But that was one of those examples where things got so bad so quickly that they had to make a change. Another one was with the Knicks and David Fisdale. And the Knicks hired David Fisdale in 2019. And his first season in New York, they go 17-65 and and are the worst team in the NBA in 2018-2019. And that was the year that... The Knicks had all the salary cap space, hopefully bring in Kevin Durant, hopefully bring in Kyrie Irving. On top of that, maybe win the lottery and bring in Zion Williamson. And, of course, none of those things happened because when that season ended and Durant and Irving were looking around at potential landing spots and they saw two franchises with salary cap space within the five boroughs of New York, one of them had gone 42-40, and The other had gone 17 and 65. They're like, I don't want to be a part of that. And then the next year, Fisdale started, and somehow his team got even worse, and they were 4 and 18 out of the gate. And they finally had to fire him in early December and bring in Mike Miller as an interim head coach. And Miller actually did a representative job to at least make the Knicks respectable for the rest of the season. But remember how excited the Knicks were when they introduced David Fisdale as their head coach? He had taken Memphis to the playoffs, had a falling out there because he couldn't get along with the best player on the Grizzlies, Marcus Gasol. The Knicks really thought they had something with Fisdale. And he came in here. He went 17-65, and 65, and then he went 4-18, and 18, and he didn't even last a season and a half because things had gotten so bad. And the third example I thought of was with the Giants two years ago and Joe Judge. Joe Judge came in 2020, the COVID year. Giants were awful. They were awful under Pat Shermer. Before that, they were awful under Ben McAdoo, and they were more than awful. They were a laughingstock. And somehow, Aaron, uh, excuse me, Aaron Judge, Joe Judge came in and just actually brought a level of professionalism. And he wasn't anything special, but Shermer and before him, McAdoo, were so inept that Joe Judge just acting like an adult seemed a huge breath of fresh air. And as that season went on, you saw some good things from the defense. And Patrick Graham, as the defensive coordinator, had a lot to do with that. And you saw some decent signs from Daniel Jones late in that season. And that was the year the Giants went 6-10. and And if the Eagles had beaten Washington in the final game of the regular season, if they hadn't pulled Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld, then the Giants would have won the division at 6-10. and But that didn't happen. And then next year, the season completely got away from Joe Judge. 
all of a sudden, you know, his driving a hard line and acting like Bill Belichick without the results, that wasn't so endearing anymore. That weared on people quickly. That graded on people quickly. And by the end of the season, you've got Jake Fromm taking snaps at quarterback on the one-yard line on second down and falling forward on second down and falling forward on third down like the Giants were in a goal-line situation 99 yards from the end zone and a complete embarrassment at MetLife Stadium. And it got so bad at the end of the year that the Giants were forced to move on from Joe Judge. And by the way, thank God they did because they brought in first Joe Shane to replace Dave Gettleman. And then Shane brought in Brian Dayball. And I know it's only been one year, but through one year, that looks like an absolutely brilliant move that has turned around for now anyway, the fortunes of the franchise. I think we're there with the Yankees. And and the difference with the Yankees situation, all of those situations I just described, all of those things happened quickly. You know, Idzik was in and out. Fisdale in and out. Judge in and out. I mean, to the point where Judge was not the toast of the town at 6-10, and 10, but Giants fans were really in on Joe Judge because he wasn't Pat Shermer, and he at least had the team thinking playoffs the last week of the regular season. And then a season later, he's gone and out of a job because it got so bad. And that's, I think, what is happening with the Yankees right now. It has gotten so bad with this Yankees team. You know, even Joe Girardi a couple of years missed the playoffs, but the Yankees would go 84-78. and 78. They'd go 85-77. and 77. And Joe Girardi was never in danger of losing his job in those years. And neither was Brian Cashman because there was always something that you could point to that, okay, well, we've got this coming up or we've got flexibility to spend this kind of money. Now the Yankees are worse than they have been in three decades. They've got nothing coming up the pipeline. You know, we'll see what Everson uh, Pereira is after he made his major league debut tonight. We've already spoken about Volpe and how he's the biggest bright spot of any everyday player on the Yankees this season just because of his steady progress, especially that he's made lately. But the Yankees aren't going to build a championship team on the backs of Anthony Volpe and Everson Pereira. They need a lot more than that, and there's really nothing to point to to give you hope that things are going to be better next year. And you need to improve a team that's... 60 and 65. We're not talking about improving a team that's already above 500. So the Yankees have a long, long way to go. And the question that Hal Steinbrenner is going to have to ask himself and is asking himself, we hope right now, is Brian Cashman the guy to lead us out of this? Or is it finally time to move in another direction? And that's the biggest question surrounding this franchise right now. Cashman, nobody can say he wasn't given a long leash, right? 25 years, and he's been with the organization since the mid-1980s. So he's been with the organization for upwards of 35 years. He has been given ample opportunity, especially in the general manager role. And he's had successes, and he's had failures. And the successes have outweighed the failures and they've outweighed the disappointments but at a certain point when things get this bad you can't help but wonder is it time for a change and I think that's where we are with the Yankees right now I know a lot of Yankee fans want to get in and talk about this 1-800-919-3776 we'll break quickly when we come back your thoughts on another ninth consecutive Yankees loss it's Pat O'Keefe on ESPN New York You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. 
another 40 minutes or so here on ESPN New York tonight. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones and say hello to Dwayne in Virginia. Dwayne, how you doing? Hey, Pat O'Keefe. How are you, man? I'm well. How are you, Dwayne? I'm, I'm great. I'm kind of new to your show, but I really like it. I, I like um, your you know, the way you do it, but just the subject content is kind of, it's bad for me right now because I'm a Yankee fan. So you understand. <laughs> I do. Sorry, man. Listen, another so, week of this so, and they'll be, and we'll be into football season. I promise. I know I'm a Giants fan too. So I'm looking forward to it. My son's a Jets fan. So he's super optimistic. So it's going to be a happy household anyway. I hope. All right. So you brought up a lot of good points. Like, um, Maybe they should shut Judge down because unless he's just trying to accumulate this year, um, it's not going to help the team right now. And if they're going to do that, why not do the same thing with Cole? He's our only pitcher right now because everyone else is injured or out for the year. You know? so yeah, they have, a, they, have a, they have a two. Well, they have a three-man staff now that Rodon came back tonight. But, yes. Yeah, and he pitched. He pitched fantastic. They just didn't give him run support, and that's that's happened. I mean, that doesn't say anything about a seven point something ERA because he had some bad starts too. But you brought up some good points about um, shutting down Judge for the year. Rizzo should be shut down for the year. Lemayhew too. We don't even know if he's the same Lemayhew that he was. He's not the machine that he was. So so tonight we started three people that were born in the year. 2000 or you know in the 2000s yeah so bring up jason dominguez the martian you might bring you up might austin see him. wells I, I i believe austin wells was born in 1999 but we're really short in the catcher position now that jose trevino is out for the year and you know so you let these guys shine a little bit and if you want to make trades on the off season, it gives them more limelight and that just helps out you know, if if you wanted to make moves in the offseason, which it all started last last uh you know, like trade deadline. We didn't do that much. We got rid of Jordan Montgomery Gumby. He pitched great for St. Louis. We got a guy in a foot boot. Um it just didn't work out. For the last few years, Cashman hasn't been doing it right. And I think he's not gonna go. But they can't blame it all on Boone because he could only play what he's got on the field. So it's not his fault entirely. It's, it's not his fault. Thing. It, it's, start, it starts from the top, man. No, you know? it does. It does. And that's the point I've been trying to make. It's not Boone's fault entirely, Joanne. And thanks for the phone call. And I hope you guys enjoy the football season in your household, Giants and Jets fans, because God knows we need some, some optimism here in this New York uh, town with our sports teams. But – this has gotten some something has to change. They cannot, they cannot, they cannot run it back with the same cast of characters they have right now. Cashman and Boone and the same lineup. So what's the easiest move to make? You know, if you're Hal Steinbrenner, you're intensely loyal to Brian Cashman. That has been proven. He, you're also not one who likes to pay somebody for not doing a job. And you, you'll say to me, Oh, well, who does? Well, listen, that's a part of the sports world, right? The, the sports world, sports ownership, sports business is different than any other business in the entire world. And you go too too long in the wrong direction and under the wrong leadership, then you could set your franchise back years. And the Yankees, I'm afraid, are not going to say they've already done that, but they're careening in that direction. 
Now, as far as the last caller's point, shutting everybody down, I don't agree with that. I think you shut Aaron Judge down because Aaron Judge is the one player in this lineup. First of all, he's obviously the best player in the lineup and the best player on your team. But he's also the one player in your lineup who is not 100% in terms of still not fully recovered from a significant injury that he suffered this season. He rushed his way back to the Yankees because when he came back in late July on that Friday night in Baltimore, the Yankees were about three and a half games out of the final wild card spot in the American League. So Judge thinking that, and we all thought this, I did, you did, the Yankees did, Judge thinking that he was the missing piece that could put them over the top, rushed back to rejoin the team, and nobody else on the team has helped contribute in a meaningful way outside of Glaber Torres. So that injury happened this year. Judge isn't right. He hasn't been 100% since he came back. And now on top of the concern that he could exacerbate the injury or slow down the recovery time, on top of that, now he's actually struggling. You know, he goes 0 for 4 tonight. And over the last couple of games, there have been several times where Judge has come up in a big spot with a chance to come through. Sunday, when the Yankees get first and second in the bottom of the ninth inning, trailing the Red Sox by one, first and second, nobody out, and Judge strikes out. That's a huge spot. You know, today, the Yankees didn't have many runners on base, but Judge came up at one point, and he struck out. In fact, Aaron Judge struck out three times today, going 0 for 4. There's nothing to be gained by playing Aaron Judge. But as far as LeMayhew goes, play him. Um, I think that there's a strong possibility you won't see Anthony Rizzo for the rest of the season. I put him in the same category as Judge. And, and, and Rizzo's injury, whatever it is, and it's concussion-related or potentially concussion-related, and if, in fact, it is, that's a more significant injury just in terms of quality of life for Anthony Rizzo. So there's a very good chance we don't see him for the rest of the season. We could see a Jason Dominguez. We could see an Austin Wells. It'll be interesting when the Yankees are allowed to, and Major League Baseball is allowed to expand the rosters. I think they're allowed to expand it to 28 players starting on September 1st. So we'll see what the Yankees do when they are able to pick up a couple of extra roster spots because there's nothing else to play for. And I said this last week. The Yankees since 1994, that was a strike-shortened season. And when the season ended abruptly in August, the Yankees had the best record in the American League. At that time, the Yankees had not been to the playoffs in 13 years. They went 1981. They didn't go again. They were on the verge of going in 1994. And then baseball was shut down because of the labor stoppage, because of the strike. So since that year... The Yankees have missed the postseason four times. They missed the postseason in 2008. They missed the postseason in 2013, in 2014, and in 2016. Each of those four seasons, the fans of the team still had a very, very good reason to continue coming to the ballpark right up until the end of that season. In 2008, that was the final year of the old Yankee Stadium, the original Yankee Stadium. So fans were flocking to that building to pay one last visit for the final month, even though the Yankees were not on their way to the playoffs. 
In 2013, it was Mariana Rivera's final season. Fans wanted to see Mo pitch one more time and send him off. And then in 2014, when they also missed the playoffs, it was the last season for Derek Jeter. And then in 2016, that was the year that the Yankees traded Aroldis Chapman to the Cubs. They traded Andrew Miller to Cleveland. They traded Carlos Beltran to Texas. They traded Ivan Nova. And they restocked their farm system with the likes of Glaber Torres and Clint Frazier. And Billy McKinney, by the way, was actually in one of those trades. And they called up Aaron Judge. They called up Gary Sanchez. They called up Tyler Austin. They called up Luis Severino. And that was the start of the Baby Bombers. And that gave fans excitement going forward. So the four times in the last, let's say, nearly 30 years, the Yankees did not reach the playoffs, there was a very good reason for fans to continue flocking to the ballpark right until the very end. What's going to happen next month? What's going to bring the fans to the ballpark next month? Think about it. It's the perfect storm here in New York. Our football teams up until last year have been miserable. The Giants had an awful six-year stretch before last year. The Jets had an awful 10-year stretch before last year. And last year wasn't awful for the Jets. Don't tell me that it was. It was frustrating at the end. But the Jets played representative football last season. But before that, the football scene in New York with the two local teams was a wasteland. Now, I can't remember the last time. You have to go back 12 years. The last time there was this much excitement collectively for the start of a football season. I mean, forget about it. The Jets alone with Aaron Rodgers is enough to carry all the excitement. But then on top of that, what the Giants did last year, and they're going to be a playoff contending team again. So you have that. You have the Yankees well out of playoff contention. And you really have nothing at the stadium to get fans excited. I mean, you have Old Timers Day on September 9th, and don't think the timing of that isn't uh, well thought out. It's the day before the NFL season begins. So the Yankees know once September 10th hits, the Giants open that night, the Jets open the following night. Once that weekend hits, the Yankees are an afterthought. The Mets have already been an afterthought for a couple of weeks, ever since the trade deadline. And credit to the Mets, and even though they lost tonight, they have shown a lot of fight. And they've been very feisty over the last 10 to 12 games. The Yankees have been quite the opposite. The Mets stopped being a story and stopped being relevant once the sell-off was complete at the trade deadline. The Yankees are still a story because it's gotten so bad. It's gotten far worse than anybody could have imagined it getting for the Yankees. And that's why we continue to talk about this. Now, in a week's time, as I said to our last caller, this will no longer be a topic of conversation. Unless, of course, the losing streak at that point is at 15, 16, 17 games. But it's a perfect storm. Who's going to be at the stadium? Who's going to be there in the month of September? And again, that is when change is made. When fans stop showing up when fans stop spending money, and when fans overall stop caring. What is there for fans to get excited about? And by the way, it would be nice to see Jason Dominguez. It's nice they brought up Everson Pereira, Oswald Peraza. If you see an Austin Wells, okay, Anthony Volpe's still there. That's not bringing fans out to the stadium. It's not. I don't know what is in the month of September. It's going to be very interesting to see if that plays into what decisions have to be made following the season. All right, we'll get back to your calls. 1-800-919-3776 after this. Another half hour or so to go. Uh, you and me, Pat O'Keefe on ESPN New York tonight.
You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Jason Dominguez is a highly touted prospect. Is he ready? What can we learn if he does come up? What can we learn from his performance this year? The, the argument for bringing guys like that up is this. You, you do never know. You know, you never know what a prospect can become. And, and I cite a couple of examples, and two of them were brought up on the same day by the Yankees back in 2005 when they got off to a slow start and they needed a little bit of a jolt. And neither one of these guys were really highly touted prospects, but they were next in line to come up. And one was Chin Ming Wong, who went on to win 19 games in back-to-back years and was one of the best pitchers in the American League before his career was derailed by a knee injury that he suffered on the base paths. And then the other was Robinson Cano. Cano wasn't somebody who the Yankees, he wasn't even somebody you had heard of. But the Yankees were so sluggish in 2005 that they brought up these two young players to give them a little jolt of energy. And they both turned into all-stars. Wong would have been a perennial all-star if not for the knee injury. Cano would have been a Hall of Famer if it wasn't for the PED issues. And then the other example I think of is Jacob deGrom. When the Mets brought him up, and and I remember his, his first game, it was against the Yankees. It was in the Subway Series. He was a call-up as a replacement, and it was supposed to be one of those deals where he made one start because the Mets had a hole in the rotation, and he would be sent back down to the minors. And he looked so good that the Mets kept him in the rotation. They kept throwing him out there. Next thing you know, he was the Rookie of the Year. Then he became a Cy Young Award winner. Then he became a Cy Young Award winner again. And again, DeGrom's career has also been derailed by arm injury after arm injury. But he wasn't, you know, he wasn't Harvey. He wasn't Syndergaard. He wasn't even Steven Matz in that whole pecking order. And he turned out to be, when he was healthy, he turned out to be better than all of them. So you never know. So the argument for the season's lost, let's see what we have. Because you never know what you have until you look at them on this level. And Yankee fans, you know this is true. You could go through chapter and verse of guys you had heard of in the minors, and then they never materialized into anything. And a lot of times, that guy never got his shot in the major leagues. A lot of times, those types of guys flamed out before ever getting their shot in the majors. So yeah, the final month of the season should be a lot about that because the Yankees don't have a ton of options in their farm system. So if there's something there that they're not aware of right now that might be better than what they think they have, they need to find that out. Let's go to John in Westchester. John, how you doing tonight? Hello, John. Are you there? Uh, Yes. Hi. How are you? Do you hear me? I got you, John. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. I I very much, Pat, enjoy uh, listening to your perspective. I would, though, respectfully disagree with you in that I believe a sports team, a sports organization is exactly like a corporation. Uh, great leadership, uh, great corporations have great leadership, great management, right on down through the line workers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The same holds true for, uh, for a sports team. And with the Yankees, they didn't get here overnight to where they currently reside. This has been years and years and years in the making. And the same issues that we talk about now, failure to hit situations, failure, this, that, the other, we've been talking about for years and years and years. That being said, 
they're not going to reverse themselves next year in one fell swoop unless there's radical changes to the management. There has to be. I'm an economic, I'm an economist by trade, and you have to change something in order to get the change to flow through the corporation. If they don't change the management, what's going to change? The guys who are running the team now are largely responsible for how the team and where the team is now. So if there's no front office change, what are we looking at? Bringing up minor leaguers doesn't change anything. Keeping the same team they have on the field now is not going to change anything. The team is now a flawed, aging team. The teams that are great, look at the Braves, uh, the Astros, the Dodgers, they have exceptional organizations that, that, matter, that move with the current need for movement. Do you find that with the Yankees? I do not, John, and thanks for the call. And and furthermore, the Yankees have been doing the same thing the same way for a very, very long time, and the game around them has changed. And those three teams that you mentioned are great examples of where the game is going. It's based on youth. It's based on athleticism. It's based on versatility. The Yankees have none of that. Think about how many designated hitters the Yankees have on their roster. You know, Stanton's a statue who can barely get around the bases if he ever finds his way on base. On top of that, you have Aaron Judge, who you're trying to DH as much as possible to protect the toe injury. And then on top of that, because of the age of some of the Yankees' more established players, like Rizzo when he was playing, like DJ LeMahieu, the Yankees also like to use that designated hitter slot for a half-day rest for one of their everyday regulars. The Yankees have no versatility. The Yankees have no athleticism Volpe, outside of Volpe. The Yankees have no youth. And that's where the game is going right now. Now, the one thing I will say, the Braves went five straight years without finishing above 500 recently, last decade. That helped put them in position that they are in right now. Now, they had to draft well. Orioles were the worst team in baseball not too long ago. They were the A's. They were the Royals. What they are right now, four years ago, that was the Baltimore Orioles. But they had to draft well. Um, The Houston Astros are a great example of that before that. The Houston Astros, 15 years ago, were the worst team in baseball for a three- or four-year stretch. And that's what helped them put together what turned out to be the foundation of a team that's becoming a dynasty in the American League. I will get to more of your calls and more reaction uh, of the Yankees' latest loss right after this on 98.7 ESPN New York.